Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Orange Podcast, presented by Orange Models. Thank you all so much again for tuning in. Today, our extra special guest is none other than the magnificent Julia Tripoli. Joining us from her home base in Quebec, Julia and I sit down to tackle some big topics surrounding mental health and stigma in the entertainment industry. Please be advised as this episode comes with a trigger warning. We discuss depression and anxiety, body image and illnesses, as well as go into personal stories that some may find distressing. If you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health, please know that you're not alone and help can be found. That being said, please enjoy today's episode. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm so good, how are you? I'm so good too. Your energy is already infectious, I love it. <laughs> I'm just like so much sometimes that I think we need it right now. Never enough. Always more. Always Amazing. more. Yeah. Always more. Amazing. So welcome to our weekly live. We are so incredibly lucky to have you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Oh, please. So I figured we would start with a little bit of a, a who are you? So yeah, exactly. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been dancing, how long you've been in the industry, a little, you know, bio. Oh, I love it. Okay. I'll do my elevator pitch. Mm. So my name is Julia Tripoli, born and raised in Montreal. I started dancing at the age of 18, which is considered pretty late, um, but I made up for it by trying basically everything all at once. I've been dancing now for almost 20 years. You can now guess my age. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> you live in Toronto. I traveled to China, Las Vegas, took my career kind of all over the world, came back to Montreal, opened my own dance studio we're going on 10 years for that now Ooh, congratulations uh, thank you very much i've been fortunate enough to dance with uh, artists like kesha and avril Lavigne and sean desmond julie black and also choreographed for some people out here in montreal luke um it's been a, kind of a roller coaster a lot of bucket list checks for me you dance yeah. for you know choreographers like Lisa brown and some of the most on the planet i'm and starstruck i just and seen now we'll just end the interview so that's <laughs> but basically i i've been wanting to do so much of um all of those things for my whole life and dancing and now as i'm getting older oh my, my friends are here hello Cindy. um I, i'm kind of transitioning into a little bit more acting a little bit more modeling more speaking and the director role of certain things because i love 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 to promote the next generation and the reason why i came to you guys i guess kind of later in my career is because i wanted that transition of doing a little bit more on the modeling and acting front when i was younger as a dancer and model i didn't see that much of me represented anywhere so I really wanted to be that voice now and that image for anybody coming up after me. That's beautiful. Wow. I love that that was your ambition and that was your goal going into this. Right? <laughs> Perfect. So in terms of your dancing, what kind of dance did you do mainly prefer? Do you have a specialty? What do you kind of, you said you kind of did it all at once when I you started. All at once. Yeah, because I started so late. I was like, let's just try everything, you know? And do I everything. Love, I fell in love with hip hop. I fell in love with popping. I fell in love with a lot of the old school forms of dance. And as I grew into my own unique self, I realized I like to kind of dabble in different things. 
So what I've kind of called my own style now is fusion, and I'm very much known for storytelling. So every piece Ooh, cool. that has beginning, middle, and an end, a bit of a theme, um, a purpose, and I love to kind of bring other people's stories to life as well. So for now, my style, I guess you would call it fusion. Pretty cool. Yeah. Storytelling is an art form. That kind of ties into the acting you were talking about. I love it because I think dancers are actors and actresses to begin with. Oh, 100%. We're asked all the time to, in music videos, in stage performances, even in commercials where they want somebody that can move a little bit more, they, they ask for dancers. Of course. And I feel like I've been acting a lot of my life. I did drama in high school and I, I loved it. The improv team. Yep. You know, I, I loved that stuff. And now as my body is slowly being like, girl, are you getting old? <laughs> I, I want to kind of move more into the, the acting stuff. But dancers have been acting since the beginning of our training. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're part of the theater kids. Yeah, performance quality is massive. When I'm judging competition, I, I look first and foremost for the performance quality, to be honest. Technique can come with the right training, but you got to have that thing inside you that, that projects the story. Oh, that's good. That's actually good to know. Wow. Okay. Perfect. Talk show host. Thanks, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> right down there. Talk show host. <laughs> Absolutely. So you said you've been dancing since you were 18. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you said it was late though. What kind of brought you towards that at 18? Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people in the dance community, they're fortunate enough to start at the ages of three, four, five. I mean, I did a little bit of after school ballet, but I was not the ballet body ballet type i had a wonderful teacher by the name of miss pam who still comes to my shows to this day amazing but i kind of put a pause on it because i wanted to uh, do a lot of sports i gravitated towards strong females and kind of breaking this barrier that only dudes could do certain things so i played soccer i played water polo for the love that for a long time um but i still loved acting and movement and dancing. And when I was in high school, I did the talent show. Who doesn't love a good high school talent show? And I played one of the Spartan cheerleaders. I don't know if you ever watched Saturday Night Live. It was like Sherry O'Terry. Yeah. They did the Spartan cheerleaders. Yeah. I was wondering if that's what you were talking about. I swear. So I did this skit and then the grade 11 girls did this dance. And there was um, a man in the audience who came up to me after he was like, you should be dancing for a living. I'm like, you're very funny. Like, that was a parody. Like, there's no way. That was a parody, sir. <laughs> that, was, that was a joke, you know? Uh, but I ended up uh, starting at this uh, entertainment company. So, like, bar mitzvahs and sweets. Oh, cool. You do a little hey, baby, and you hand out some glow sticks. Like, yeah, And everybody goes wild. And everybody goes wild for those glow sticks. So, it started there, and then the person that was running the dance portion of the entertainment company was like, I'm going to start a dance studio and you should be on the dance team. I said, what the heck is a dance team? <laughs> how do you go against each other? Like, I really didn't understand. Like, how do teams, what? You know, and I eventually, I got into it. I liked it. But what I fell in love with was teaching. I oh, okay. How much I loved creating these choreographies and these steps and seeing the growth and improvement in the next generation. So, it took me on a bit of a wild ride. And then I started thinking every day I wake up and I think about dance every single day. I think that's a passion. My parents always played music in the house. I grew up on Rod Stewart and the Beatles to wake us up in the morning. My mom would play the Lion King soundtrack. So like the, the most amazing way to wake up. <laughs> the circle of life every morning. And 
I kept thinking about dance and I had to choose at some points between dance and water polo. I chose dance and then at some point I had to choose between dance and school. Oh. And mm -hmm. I was in police technology at the age of 16 at John Abbott College. And I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a criminal investigator. I'm really good at arguing. That's like the stubborn Italian side. Love that. You know? um, and then I just said, like, if I'm going to try this, I've got to try it now. And if I want to go back to school later, my brain will far surpass what my body is physically capable of doing. And I always said I loved school. I think there's this weird preconceived notion that some artists aren't good at school. So they Yeah, there is that where you're an art kid or you're a smart kid. I've heard yeah, that in I, high school, yeah. You no, know, you could be all kinds of things. I was really great at school, academic plus, valedictorian, chess club. I was a super nerd. I, I was in chess it. club. I love chess club. I loved it. <laughs> it gambit, so good. Yeah. So I ended up saying, you know what, I'm gonna try this dance thing now. If there had been dance at that time in school for me, I would have stayed. Now there are so many amazing dance programs, but they're going to say the arts programs have exploded nowadays. But I'm saying when I, even when I was in high school, it was football. It was football and soccer. Right, that's, it. that's it. Yeah. And even just now the development in the, we call them sport programs here, where you can do half your day of sports because sports are vital. Mm. This is vital. And I think it, it, it helped me. Oh, hello, friends. It helped me kind of. I think do better in school because I had my sport, because I had this thing motivating me. Mm -hmm. So I ended up choosing dance um, over school at the time, but so crazy how I fell in love with teaching. And I said, if I ever went back to school for something, it would be in education at this point. But I, I love everything about it. I'm happy with my decisions. I don't necessarily encourage every kid watching to leave school, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> basically, I loved school. If there had been a program that I could have gone into involving dance, yep. I would have. I well, would you know what? Hoping for that for the future, for the next you out there. A thousand percent. Because Absolutely. I, I think that art should be put on a higher pedestal in schooling. I really I think agree. That we, we can learn as artists to do our taxes and, you know, do our growth. Wouldn't that be fun? Learning how to do your taxes in school. Girl, if I learned, I think, how to make a personal pan pizza in home economics, and then, like, also important, like, fair, fair, and like yeah. a candle holder. I don't think I ever used that ever, but if we could, you know, put the arts in there, help people with taxes and budget, help people yeah. you know, break into the real world and be their own entrepreneur, I would. I'm voting for you. All of that. Merci, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I drifted into that dance world at, at a later age. But, awesome. Uh, no, so you actually started later. Sorry. I started late. Yeah, so you started later. So was there anything coming from that point of being older that you wish you would have known going into the dance world? Because it kind of sounds like you were just scouted and kind of taken into yeah, it. I mean, so was there anything you wish you had known that probably someone who has that experience from two years old might have known? I mean, I felt like my body physically wasn't as flexible or as agile as a lot of the other dancers and I find it a little I found it a little bit harder to grasp uh, the techniques of jazz contemporary and ballet later because those are things that I find are easily instilled in you at a younger age and I had to really break a lot of things that I thought I knew yeah body and situations that my muscles were not I was very strong having played sports. I was yeah. really, 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 really strong, but not flexible. So it hindered me 
certain auditions, like I couldn't kick myself in the face, like I couldn't. Do oh, it. boo! Yep, I know. Stuff like that. <laughs> but um, that, and I wish somebody had kind of told me how competitive and cutthroat it was. Oh, okay. That changes, and it is changing because I'm very much about community over competition. But I remember being at the particular studio that I started at and wanting to take a class at another space, and I was like forbidden to do so. You know, everybody's very territorial. They hold their yeah. They don't let you go elsewhere. Everybody wants to own you. And I was so confused by this. Just genuinely a little bit naive. What do you mean I can't go over there? We're They're offering a class that I want. But yeah, aren't they just all learning? Am I not just bringing that knowledge back to you? Like, what's the big yeah. deal? And I, it, it took me a little while to finally understand and put a little bit of a guard up or set some better boundaries because I was just all over the place happy to help, happy to see, happy to discover, but it, it wasn't that 20 years ago. I mean, Oof. there's a little bit of it now, to be honest. Um, I'm hoping that that stops. I want us to help each other, and especially coming out of this pandemic, um, if the community could rise together rather yeah. than, you know, be against each other, I would really love that. But those would be the two things, primarily, the cutthroatness and the flexibility, and also which is something that's changing too. And you and I touched upon this in our emails, body image. Body I was, image. I was blissfully unaware that there was one particular look and body type for females that gets booked. Oh I yeah. Just, I just didn't get it. Well, that's amazing that you went 18 years without that. <laughs> I was like, what, what's wrong with, you know, what's wrong with what I look like? I don't, I don't get it. Like what? I didn't understand why things were based on my body type and not my I type. still don't get it. I still don't get it. And it for the longest time, we kind of always just said, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Casting blonde, skinny, casting this long hair, short hair. Yeah. You know, th there was a lot of that. And now I'm, I'm loving how things are changing. I'm loving how the castings say like BIPOC, gender identifying. Tons of them. Plus friendly, you know, like. Yeah. That's a lot of them are even putting emphasis, like we want LGBTQ plus people to apply. We want BIPOC people to apply. We will give right. priority to them. Right. And it's awesome. And I don't want that to, you know, let's change the narrative. Yes, absolutely, Antonio. I, I, that's what I've been saying for so long is that we used to just accept that that was the way it is. But I kept seeing that there was no seat at the table for me. Being a girl, um, I'm going to say curvy. I was never plus size and I was never thin. I was athletic, a little bit bigger. I had yeah. big breasts, which were not major in the dance community either. Cause all I can imagine. Yeah. Like size negative 14. Ooh. And yeah, I would go on set and they would hand me a bikini top. And I was like, you want me to blow my nose with this? Like, where's this, this? going to go? Like, what, what do you want me to do with this? But I, I kept seeing that there was no seat at the table for me. So I just started building my own tables and creating my own opportunities and hoping that other people would do that too because all body types are beautiful oh all, yeah all ethnicities are beautiful everything is beautiful and it as much as we can it should more and more be based on i think your work ethic and and your dedication to a project yeah. and then the talent and then maybe what you look like that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier how technique can be taught but you need to have that something yeah i would I would much rather have a hardworking, up-and-coming underdog dancer any day of the week than some TikTok famous uh, pretend champion. 
you know, like I really would. No, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you want to, you want to grow those relationships and you want to be able to continue working and you want to be able to be in an environment that feels good. Yeah. About it. If they didn't want my body type there, that's not really a music video I wanted to be in. I was just getting, yeah. So has there ever been a time where you felt unwanted in this industry? Like, has that ever actually happened? And how do you deal with that? As like, as a woman, as a curvy woman, how do you go into it and be like, okay, they didn't like me for my body. I know. And it's awful. You kind of sit there at auditions and, and you feel kind of crappy and you feel kind of like you're not good enough, but that's not something I can change. I could have had the greatest audition of my life and not be picked because of what I look like. And I could have had the worst audition of my life, but they and be picked be because of what you look like. So um, developing a thick skin in our industry was major back in the day. Again, I really want to change this narrative, but when it was the way it was, you had to kind of tell yourself this just wasn't meant for me. And we, I mean, we can still do that now. Of course. But when I wasn't getting stuff in the past, I used to get down on myself a lot and make excuses and be like, well, so-and-so knows the choreographer, this, that, and the other. And it that doesn't yeah. anything though. That wouldn't help me get over it or feel a little better. Cause also some days like you just weren't good enough. <laughs> so I, don't I mean, fair. That. There's always going to be those days. Yeah. I don't want that to be mistaken. And then, or you give yourself the excuse, well, they just weren't looking for girls with short hair. Now what if you just sucked that day? Yeah. And then every time it's, but this, but this, but this, but this. No buts. You don't get yeah. it. That wasn't meant for me, and we we move on, which is easier said than done, especially for this younger generation. That yeah, people just starting seeing a lot on social media, and it kind of looks super easy to get all these things. You know, let me tell you, I've tried a couple TikTok dances; they are not easy. No, those things are hard. No, I it's crazy. I refuse to get TikTok. Uh, everybody tells me you gotta get it. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I was dragged kicking and screaming. <laughs> It's terrible. I, I use it every day now. Don't get me wrong, but I was still dragged kicking and screaming. Yeah, no, fair. I mean, I think it's great for certain things. I really do. I think people can get their product out there and their uh, opinions out there as certain things. I think there needs mm-hmm. to be a little bit more censorship as far as what goes there, but also for kids to know that the TikTok famous people are just that. They are TikTok, TikTok famous. famous. Not necessarily, you know, there are some that work super hard though. I'm not going to put it past them and that's you know, creating content every day, that's exhausting. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. I can't do that. Coming up with new dances every day? No. 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 Yep. Too old. <laughs> oh, true that. Amazing. So we've covered TikTok. We've covered uh, body image issues. How do you stay positive? Because uh, I know there's a lot of rejection in our business, and I know you said a thick skin, but there's only, like, do you ever have any techniques or do you have any tips or advice when you're just having that day where you're like, wow, I sucked. Oh, what do you do? Do you go take a walk? Do you, do you have some coffee? Ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. When it's out, ice cream. I mean, I think everybody has different ways of dealing with it. I've got a great circle and they are there to be honest and supportive. And my boyfriend and I have this technique of when one person's having a day is the question of, do you want comfort or solutions? And I think sometimes that's a really cool question to ask someone because do you just want to hear that sucks? And I put yeah. your head, do you want like, okay, let's, let's work on things. Bacon. Yes. Victor knows. I also love bacon. Facts. Oh, bacon's delicious. Um, when I would get down after 
a really crappy audition, I would retreat into a comfort zone. So go to a class I know that I could probably excel at, Mm -hmm. um, put on one of my favorite outfits, watch one of my favorite TV shows and just kind of get myself censored. But I mean, do some stuff, you know, that will give you some serotonin. I think that's exactly it. And it's, you got to process it. You have to go through it. You have to let it happen because yep. you process things head on. You know, they, they pack up, they pack up, they pack up, and then eventually you explode. But everybody's got their different ways. Having a close-knit circle, though, I think is something vital. When you're going through any type of audition, job interview, uh, promotion, you know. Yeah, not just auditions, yeah. Yeah, not just in our world, but thick skin takes time. It's, it does. It's not easy. And for some of us, uh, it can be easier in one situation than another. You guys are wonderful. I'm going to be honest with you. I I joined you, you know, just a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, agents was very, oh, I love that you're listening to your amazing songs. Yes, thank you. Listen to the music. I, you guys are very honest with me. I do have a particular look. I have this short hair. I have my tattoos. There are going to be certain things. And all the castings that you sent me, I've gotten almost like, I think, 20 in a month, which is incredible. Just already gave me hope that there are people out there who see my photo on your database and go, yeah, that's a, that's, a that's the one we're looking for. Yeah, that means something to me already that people are looking at that as something different. And I take each casting, each self tape as an experience to try something new. Oh, yeah character and I always send you messages like I'm having so much fun with this one that's true folks she does she has so much fun with them I have so much fun because why not if you go into it it's fun we used to tell dancers all the time go into an audition like it's the best class it's a great free class absolutely in face know what you're auditioning for there's tons of tips for that and you guys go through that as well mm -hmm. amazing but treat it as a part of the process that is enjoyable we have to sometimes flip the negative on its head. You know, Sports psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's just a, oh my God, another self tape, I'm not going to get it. Oh, I'll try to, whatever. no, then you're not going to get I'm it. I'm going to get this self tape. This I is going to be the one. Probably, I have so much fun. I have, you know, high hopes and zero expectations type of thing. And every time I do it, I get better and better at something. And yeah. More and more footage of me doing something. And it might Absolutely. Be for other stuff. So every casting, every audition, every actual gig, I'm learning and growing. I'm a very curious and appreciative person. And I think we have to approach life that way in order to not waste any time being super down and negative, you know? Absolutely. Just keep on going. You said this earlier. All you have to do is if you don't get it, it's not for you. No buts. Just it's not for you. Let's go eat some ice cream, watch some friends, and then go on to the next one and have That's some fun. One of my favorite movies is He's Just Not That Into You. That's that phrase. He's just, like, it's just not your audition. That's it's, it. Just not your gig. It's just not for you. Right. We'll, we'll try the next one. Yeah. That's it. Smile and through it. Absolutely. It's not supposed to be for you. And if your friend gets it, you clap for them. Be happy. For them. Always happy. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So you mentioned, actually, I'm going to flip, I'm going to pivot a little bit, actually, oh. here. Right? We're pivoting. You mentioned something about COVID earlier and how in this new day and age, it's, everything is a little bit different. So the, scene, the dancing scene, I assume a lot of their auditions were in person. Yeah. How is it different now having to do self-tapes? Is, is it a little bit easier, do you find? Was it, to get used to it was a little bit difficult? Or I, I mean, 
I guess it can have a disadvantages and disadvantages because some people get really nervous in those situations and the fact that they can be in their own basement or in their own studio and tape things and send it off might be more comforting. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that beats the adrenaline rush of being around people. There's nothing. Performing. It's nothing. And feeding off one another. And sometimes like these impromptu crazy things happen and you're, you know, like somebody goes down and jump over and then, you know, up to the judges table. Like you can't, you can't do that in a self tape. Uh, I mean, you could try. It might not work <laughs> yeah. that well. Yeah. I'm going to try that next time. Jump on the table. You can still try your best to, you know, give off exactly who you are, but mm-hmm. you know, some people don't have the space to do a full dance on Yeah. We've transferred, you know, all of our studio classes online and on Zoom, but you, you, you find yourself adjusting choreography because some people have, you know, this much space to dance in. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to auditions, there actually haven't been that many. It's just been a lot of direct booking for people that you know are in the same bubble yeah. uh, or live together or, you know, you can trust to get it done really quick because you don't have the ability to even sometimes the time we got booked yes. a couple of weeks ago for a um, Kaiza music video and Ooh, we were told cool. the night before. Okay. Um, you're going to be on set tomorrow. Yeah. Like yeah. Go between COVID and what they were able to do. Uh, Cause sometimes you have a tiny window that they allow you to actually work in and oh, it can get cool. pretty crazy. Well, you guys know, I mean, you get, you know, so many castings a week and the deadlines are next day at five, next day at noon, next day yep. at noon. Like it's, that's what it is now. And you just got to be prepared to roll with the punches. I think the just best a quick thing, business. That's it. Yeah. Just be ready. Have your go-to outfits ready. Like you guys talk about all these great tips for self-tapes and stuff like that all the time. But for dancing, have your space, you know, ask somebody that has a studio, see if you can do it outside in a quiet area. And again, just have fun with it. Worst comes okay. to worst, have an extra little reel to put on Instagram. You know? Absolutely, yeah. So you actually gave some good tips there for dancing during the pandemic, because I, I assume studios are not at the capacity they once were. I'm, and a lot of people don't have the space or resources. I mean, I guess dancing outside is, is a possibility in the summer. Right. But how do you find that actually practicing and staying on top of things I mean, it's been a roller coaster for a lot of dancers, and I've seen the motivation go up and down and up and down and up and down. I can imagine. It's finding different things, but something I said at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were trying to figure out how to pivot our training is to maybe take this time to draw inspiration from other things that are not just dance. So now's your time to uh, explore different movies, books, podcasts, paintings, you know, Try something else that could maybe change how it is that you look at dance. Yeah. Uh, as far as actual physicality, like the workouts change to be more Pilates based. So you don't need a oh, lot I of love Pilates. You know, you don't need a lot of room. You mm-hmm. If you're, you know, living in a duplex and you don't have to bother your neighbor with like jumping jacks and all yep. the stairs and stuff like that. Um, we encourage each other a lot. So we'll get on Zooms to just kind of freestyle and go and back to the out. circle, your circle of people. Your circle of people. Your circle of people. Virtual circle. Um, We've done some outdoor stuff when we're allowed, but at the moment, studios and red zones are still completely closed. We're allowed privates, but it's still still rough because by a lot of people, we're considered non-essential. And I think we are massively essential to the mental and physical health of a lot of people. And that's what I was thinking. Yep. It's, 
to me, it's huge. I think uh, I won't even get into the facts that, you know, dance studios have had all the safety precautions from the get-go. It's basically cutting off a part of your life, a giant part of it um, that you train for and prepare for. And, and people have done the best they can in this time. And when we come out of it, there will be people stronger than ever. There will be people that have maybe regressed a little bit but that's also going to be okay. And we'll get you back in shape as soon as we can. Mm -hmm. I'm like water and adopt two different things. Love that. You got all the yeah. one today, my friend. Okay. Truly. Uh, adapting and pivoting is major, but my, my thing has always been to the dancers. I feel unmotivated. You're allowed to also take a break from dance. I think that's a very important thing to know. It doesn't have to be your crutch constantly. If it does, if it starts to not bring you that much joy, if you're burning yourself out, go uh -huh. read a book. About no, for real. Yeah, have a good conversation with a friend. Have a real talk. Just because our bodies are going to go through a lot too. It's a physically and mentally challenging time, and our bodies are not able to do what they used to do for some of us because mm -hmm. we're nine to five rehearsals all day every day plus gigs to to nothing. It's a big it's change. A, it's a shock to the system. Absolutely. So I want to say that take it as a sign, flip the negative on its head and try drawing the inspiration from somewhere else. Good. That's actually a very good mental health tip for not just dancing, but if you ever feel burnt out with something, yeah, maybe try mixing it up. Try doing something different. Give yourself something different to focus on yeah. and give yourself something to occupy yourself with. Because there's a lot of pressure as dancers to constantly be working on our art. You almost yes. feel guilty when you're not working on it. Oh, I should be in the studio right now. I should be going through choreo right now. Or I should take classes. And now that there are all these mm -hmm. classes from people all over the world, there should be no excuse that I shouldn't take it. But it's not that. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all about balance. And it's all about, you know, making sure that your head and your heart are also feeling okay, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that applies to a lot of things. For example, school. If you're feeling burnt out, don't just keep powering forward. Take a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and we're, we really are taught as youngsters to keep pushing through. I was especially taught that, you know, it's not a big deal unless you make it a big deal, but sometimes that allows us to forget that we should take a break and pause. Yeah. And not sometimes things are a big deal. Sometimes it is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, if you have any pieces of advice that you think would help people safeguard their mental health while getting into this industry, would you mind sharing a couple of those? I'm, I'm thinking just off the top of my head, like, do you suggest or divulging in your close circle of friends that this might happen? Or, you know, do you have anything that you recommend having around, any techniques? Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful question. I mean, these are things that I wish someone had explored with me when I was first starting. I think mm -hmm. artists are natural empaths. So we feel yeah. everything. And we feel for everyone around us and we slowly pack on a lot of stuff. And we need to do a lot of unpacking, whether it's actual trauma or things like that. So we'll Or other people's traumas other that they that you're helping with. So yeah. If anybody is watching and they've been through any type of trauma, I'll do a little warning here. But basically I grew up when I was eighteen. I turned out that that dance environment was toxic. I didn't know, like I said, I was a little bit naive. I just thought things were things and this was that. And I learned later about a lot of studios being that toxic, you know, teachers being forceful and mean and commenting more on body image than they mm -hmm. should. 
telling people they're not good enough and like just mm, kind of taking away the art and no no one ever asked me how I was or how I was doing but like I said I also was taught to just keep pushing through so I think what might be key is some self-check-ins okay um and I go through like the who what when where why of everything you know like why am I feeling a certain way what can I do all these other things I also feel honest to goodness like everyone should see a therapist I feel the same way I counseling is a good thing in every aspect of life I think we need to normalize uh speaking to a professional another thing that I wish that they had given us in high school maybe just to do some type of mental health check-in absolutely because I as we grow and as we form into these unique beings, we're taking everything with us, sometimes subconsciously, that we, we don't know that we're dragging. But it's still there, whether you realize it or not. It's still there and it becomes heavier and heavier and heavier because we don't deal with it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't even know that we have to deal with it. We don't even know that we've developed these triggers. We don't even understand that we're taking things with us. And for me, I've just recently shared my mental health story. And that's why I was so, you know, more than happy to, to discuss these. With We're you. very grateful. I, we should be talking about it more. I think and so, too. I think one, it's important. One of the questions I did get asked was, why did I choose now to, to come forward about it? So it did start early in my dance career. Um, from being in that toxic environment and that triggered a few things and then the passing of my grandmother triggered more and then I was carrying I was carrying all these things and I think we all carry things unknowingly and we need to mental health extremely essential we need to stop we need to stop and do check-ins and we need to have these conversations and I think part of it comes with this unfortunate stigma surrounding mental health I agree. Yeah. People just kind of don't want to talk about it. And if they don't talk about it, they can ignore it and, and people power through. And there's, there's, there's different versions of it. Like my, my version, the reason I didn't talk about it originally is because I didn't want to give my depression any more power. That was Talking about it makes it real. So yep. understanding that it came from such a deep rooted, dark place, but I was always Someone that's like, I'm just going to keep pushing through. I'm super positive. I'm going to make it. I like this. No excuses. If I just keep smiling, I'll be happy. You know? It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And that was for me. I wasn't ashamed of how I was feeling. That wasn't the word for it. I just wasn't understanding what it was that I was going through. But then as I started realizing what it was, the shame showed up because I'm supposed to be the strong person. I'm the teacher. I'm supposed to be the helper in the community. I'm, I'm the one who's supposed to be able to power through and get through everything. Yeah. I have expectations, I think, of myself. So there's there's that. People power through because they think they should. Makes them feel strong. Yeah. And then they, yep. they have this feeling of shame because, no, 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 there's no way I can be this because I'm meant to be the you know, yeah. the leader of my family or the organizer of this or the head of that. Or I expect myself to be able to get through things. Yeah. Even like, I know from personal experiences, putting limits on yourself of how much you actually share and how much you let out, bad idea. And and it just, it rises and rises and rises. And then we put this pressure on ourselves. So the first time I realized something was really wrong, I was diagnosed with severe depression and severe anxiety. I would never have said that I was an anxious person. To me, that's that's nervous. That's 
that's twitchy. That's that's, it's oh, normal, you know, everybody so gets there. that way. But anxiety looks different on different people. And so does depression. Mm -hmm. So does depression. So I didn't even realize, and, and I had never really talked about it uh, with my family. I never really, but not because it was taboo, because I just didn't know. I, I always thought like being, you know, happy and positive and joyful was how we were supposed to approach life. But there's nothing wrong with the sad and the negative. It's also a part of life. <laughs> it is. The most genius movie I've ever watched is Inside Out. Don't even get me started on Inside Out. <laughs> and I think it should be shown to kids in elementary schools and, and high schools, etc. Yeah. Because you see the power and the importance of the character that is sad. Yes. And I think that movie's actually being used in therapeutic techniques good, nowadays for good. children. Yeah, I actually oh think I read about God. that the other day. I was like, this is the best way to explain It's amazing. It. Sadness and joy and anger. Like we, we need all these emotions to, to, to be who we are. It's mm -hmm. just how we deal with them um, and what is in our control. And I found out after being diagnosed for the first time, uh, I saw a therapist, wasn't the right fit for me. She was wonderful, but it wasn't everything. Therapists are not a one size fits all. At all if your at friend all. recommends someone, you can check them out, but if they don't work, they do not work. There's no shame oh, in that. And then people will say like, well, that didn't work. I hate therapy. It, it, you have to find the right person mm -hmm. a thousand percent. And I ended up, uh, you know, going through a lot of other health issues, etc. And I, I kind of gave up on taking care of myself because I was like, I have too much else to do. You know, I can't be sick all the time. I don't well, I'll do something else, you know? Time. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. We're going to move on to something else and it'll get better. That, that also <laughs> doesn't work. Yep. So then the second time, um, it was my body basically yelling at me because you, you have three brains, right? Your, your brain brain in, in your skull, your heart and your gut. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had a lot of, food issues my whole life. I have irritable bowel disease um, and some other fun things. And it was all related. Stress and anxiety making it worse. Stress in the brain hurts the heart, hurts the gut, all of them. Exactly. We all carry it differently. So as much as I could have a conversation with people like this, I could be dying on the inside. And I wasn't listening. So my body said, that's it, Julia. I'm giving you shingles. That's what happened. I had shingles at the age of 35. And she Jeez. was like, no. You need to sit down and listen. Like you haven't healed from so much. You're doing everything for all these other people and it's not helping you. No, you need to take care of you first. And we That's always important. I don't know why we don't do that as artists. A lot I don't know why we don't do that as humans. as humans. Like but I feel like there's something about the artist community that is constantly not wanting to work on ourselves because that's harder. We we help other people. Uh, yeah, kind of doing it, but it's like putting a bandaid on a broken arm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's giving the feeling helping somebody else will make you feel like, okay, I'll take my own advice. You know, I've done that yeah. too. Yeah, but by, by giving you the advice, I feel better about myself. But I exactly. My own and you know, what? maybe one day I'll listen to myself. But for now, you do it because you're more important. But this time, I was like, No, that's it. I'm not wasting time. I'm not doing this anymore. I am putting myself first. And quite often it takes a traumatic negative experience for us to get our shit together, but mm -hmm. it's what it is. And I found a new therapist who I love. Yes. Uh, I think she is the greatest. And um, she suggested something that no one had ever suggested before. 
which was that patients with irritable bowel disease have a serious lack of serotonin. And serotonin oh. is like our happy emitter, our, our positivity, our mm -hmm. joy, like our genuine feeling of optimism. So I bring this to my general practitioner, my doctor, and it turns out, yeah, I had a super low level of serotonin. Whoa. Super low. So now I'm on new medication, uh, which balances my serotonin. And I've got to brain. Got to brain. Got to brain. <laughs> and I've never felt better. Like the food stuff is way better than it used to be. I've been fighting food since I was 16. And I suggest this now to everybody. I do think that depression and anxiety is a chemical imbalance in the brain. And you need a combination for the most part of the right therapist and perhaps the right medication. Yeah. Because there are things that need to be balanced. No one had ever said to me before, you might be lacking serotonin. That might be why. Like, How crazy is that? I didn't even I've never even thought of that. No. Man. No. So, and it's, and it's common with people with irritable bowel disease or anything to do with the gut because it has to do with like the digestion. Yeah. Things. Well, now that I think about it, it makes sense. But I just, I've never, same here, no one's ever told me that. Wow. No. You know? I've been trying for years, people have been trying to figure out, you know, why my stomach is as bad as it is because there's no underlining cause. I would do all these colonoscopies, TMI, and there was nothing there. There was nothing there, but I was literally like bleeding internally for no reason. And nobody could really figure it out until someone said, A therapist said, yeah. A therapist said, you are lacking serotonin. And like light bulbs. I still went to her for months and months because I had tons of unpacking to do. Huh. I think we lost audio. Oh, audio's back. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, we can I hear you. From time to time, touch base with her because I don't think I'd be where I am if it, if it wasn't for her and the way that she approached how we spoke about things. And I am very thankful for that scenario. And I guess I'm very thankful for shingles, but at the same yeah. time, I don't wish In a weird way, anybody. shingles. <laughs> I don't wish that on anybody. No. But, but it helped you discover what was the root issue, you know? And the reason I had decided um, to answer this person's question, to share it now, and to be such a vocal advocate of it now, is because I feel like I've healed to a certain point that when I talk about it, I'm not still working on me even though we are constantly working on ourselves, but I, I don't have that deep rooted amount to do that. I'm afraid to share with people mm -hmm. what I've been through. And now seeing signs in others, I want to help. I want That's to beautiful. help badly by sharing my story. And the catalyst for that was, um, there's a great cause called Let the Elephants Dance run by a dear woman by the name of Michelle Crossman. And it's a, mental health awareness canada campaign and kids help phone and she does a show every year where mental health is depicted through movement and dance wow it's virtual it's happening uh tomorrow night actually i was gonna say that's happening pretty soon isn't it happening yeah tomorrow. yeah so there's uh if you wanted my link tree in my bio you can get tickets for let the elephants dance um and i I was asked to to put on a piece and i'm sharing my mental health story through dance with some really amazing people and i realized I'm going to put this on video, but I've never said it out loud before. It's a big thing, whether saying it or moving through it, it's still sharing the story. Yeah. And I, I talk about it all the time. I'm very nonchalant about my ailments because I feel like, you know, it is what it is. It's me, you know. 
Tel Aviv, like I'll just yeah. drop those bombs. But when I explained to the the boys that were in my piece what was happening, they all kind of looked at me shocked because 99% of the time when someone tells you that they are depressed or anxious, you're like, but no way they're the happiest person I know or no way they're so, you know, they do so They're much. the most positive person in the room all the time, giving advice, loving out everyone, you know? That's what it is. Mm -hmm. You think about those, those dear people that have unfortunately taken their lives because of depression and they're some of the funniest, Robin Williams, like they're some of the, the funniest, most charismatic, most joyful people on the planet. And that's why everybody always says, you know, be kind to one another. You never know what people are going through. Nobody knew because I never let it on, but because I, I still have, still am this positive person, but it feels different now when I do it. It's not a mask anymore. Oh, yeah. It's a genuine feeling of optimism and wanting to be better and wanting to do better and now wanting others to, to have that feeling too. So massive suggestion for therapy, massive suggestion for self-check-ins. I mean, it sounds silly, but there are questionnaires online. Yeah, why not? Get even if you want something little, just to like d dip your feet into the pool, see what kind of questions they would ask you. You know, if you ever feel off, like don't hold it to yourself. Even yeah. if, you know, yes, there's a difference between a bad day and depression. Okay, we have to draw the line somewhere. Yes, where you can stay undepressed, willy nilly, and and throw it in the wind. But especially now with this pandemic and a lot of people inside way longer than they should be or not doing the thing they love as much as they should those chemicals are going to shift inside you there's you need to check in to make sure you're not you're, you're sad or it maybe is it something more because it's been a year now and i've been deprived of dancing yes. for this long yes yes and and because physical movement also brings endorphins and serotonin and all these great things if you're not doing that as much the things the things are going to deplete unfortunately yeah. that can you at your happiest as much as you try to find different solutions you feel great after you work out you feel great after you dance you know that's that, the serotonin you go for a big walk right so yeah we got to still be able to do those things but do those self check-ins and yeah and see how you're feeling and there's nothing shameful about not feeling okay you know that phrase always goes around it's okay not to be okay I, I kind of want to say it's not okay not to be okay because you should always be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but and so, when you're not amazing, that's when we need to say, what can I do to make myself amazing? Yes, like I almost want to say, if you're feeling not okay, okay, this is not okay. How can I recognize this and go about this? And who do I need to talk to? Or what do I need to do? And mm -hmm. one bad day or does this feeling come back often? Mm -hmm. You know, and... I, I want more people to feel great about taking care of themselves. Of course. I say we change it to it's normal not to be okay. It's normal not to be okay. Yeah. It's not okay not to be okay. Yeah. But it's, okay. it's normal. I think it's normal to not be okay, especially now. And I, I think that even during a pandemic, you can have some of the best days of your life. There's, there's oh, nothing yeah. with that either. But taking care of ourselves should not be something that we feel guilty about. I think as dancers too, quite often, we don't do anything preventative. We only take care of things once they're broken or torn and, mm -hmm. you know, fully injured, uh, but we yeah. don't pre-take care of it. So we should be pre-taking care of our body, our mind, our heart, our soul. And there's nothing to, 
feel guilty or ashamed about by doing so. I fully agree, Julia. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. My goodness. (laughs) So the last thing I just want to touch on before we end up the session is that you touched on one of the uh, programs that you're working with. It was the Dancing Elephants. But you have a couple other fundraisers. I have so many fundraisers. Yes. So I, I found this joy in raising money through dance. Uh, I, I, I would love to be a self-proclaimed philanthropist, but there's just, I've always been interested in fundraisers and we've always performed uh, for, for multiple fundraising events. But now that we can't perform for the events, I've, I've been trying to figure out, well, how do I help? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And there are so many different causes that, they get started, oh, thanks, Victor. Yeah. There's so many different causes out there that, that mean so much to different people, but because I have all these amazing circuits and connections, I end up you know, falling in all of these different things. And what I've realized helps is get people happy, endorphins flowing, do the dancing, and then ask for like a donation, you know? Yeah. So one of the ones that's ongoing is for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. Um, my best friend's mom kicked cancer's butt a couple of years Heck ago. Heck yes beat blood cancer so every year they have the like the night walk and this year my friend was nominated for woman of the year for what she does for the community so our goal is to raise 10 grand by june so wow some workshops uh, they went really well we raised 800 bucks in one weekend and we're going to do another series of workshops um but for now you can just donate to the campaign that's in my mm-hmm. like i said that the elephants dance on saturday that's the mental health awareness canada and kids help phone super important you can to donate. There's VIP options, so you get to meet and greet with choreographers after. Hey. BTS of how we put together our numbers. Um, and then you can just continue to donate to Mental Health Awareness Canada through Let the Elephants Dance. Mm-hmm. Coming up uh, in two weeks, I have Dancing with the Stars. So every year here in Montreal, the uh, Jewish General Hospital Foundation does uh, and Just for Kids Foundation does something mm-hmm. for the Montreal Children's Hospital, excuse me. So uh, Just for Kids Foundation, Montreal Children's Hospital, they started doing Dancing with the Stars like 15 years ago. So you, you could basically be anybody off the street wanting to raise money. You have to raise a certain amount to be a contestant and they pair you up with a professional and you get to perform in the show and we get to judge. Okay. And That's awesome. It's really cool. Wow. Here they raise like hundreds of thousands of dollars and every year they have a specific goal at the Montreal Children's Hospital of what they want to give. So this year because of COVID, we couldn't match uh regular patrons, let's say, with a pro dancer. So mm-hmm. the pro dancers and the judges are dancing. So I'll be dancing. I know it's crazy. Uh I, I dragged my boyfriend out of retirement to dance with me because we're in the same bubble. I know. Absolutely. For a good cause. So For a good cause. Stars Pro Edition, and this year we are raising money actually to have a mental health professional in the kids department of the children's hospital for these kids, and then also um, for some equipment for the neonatal care unit. So that's virtual shows May fourth. You can donate to our team specifically if you want. There's five teams, but everything goes to the same place. If you buy a ticket, if you donate to my team whatever it is. So it goes to the good cause. Yeah. Those are the major ones I'm kind of working on right now. And I'm really excited about it. And I appreciate you, you know, giving me the space to talk about these amazing fundraisers. Oh, absolutely. They're so important to talk about. And you're clearly so passionate about them. So I'm happy that we could give you this spot. Thank you. I 
you you are so fantastic at this. I could talk to you all day. Your hair color is also bomb.com. Thank you. I really enjoy it. I love the red. Uh, Yo, you're you've been amazing. I can't even tell you. This has been such a necessary conversation that I think needs to be talked about more. And you're clearly just everything is so natural and pure when you talk about it. It's so thank you. It just you can tell that you're you're sincere in everything that you say, which I think is very important as well. It's not just talking, you know. Right. And I'm I'm open to, to questions. I'm open to people having conversations because the more we talk about stuff, the less stigma there is surrounding any of it. So exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So much. Well, Julia, I think that's it for us today. Yeah. Congratulations on recovery. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing everything. I can't even put into words how grateful we are. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. It's not every, you know, modeling agency that takes the time to get to know their people like this, to put them on lives like this, to have these types of conversations. Like that's, that's more to me. That's it's important to know. We want to get to know you guys just as much as more than a picture, you know? And it, and it puts us in the, in the ranking of humans come first. And I really appreciate everything that you guys do. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Wow. I wish you nothing but the best tomorrow. Thank have you. so much fun. Thank you. And like Julia said, everybody, you can visit the links in her bios. And you can go to the, the sites directly. Everything yeah. goes to the right cause. So yeah. thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Julia. And we'll get you out here again soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, guys, I hope you had as much fun as I did. That was, I think I said this at least three times during this, but that was such a necessary conversation. I can't thank Julia enough. Thank you so much for to Orange Models for giving us the platform to do this. And I usually stick around for a few minutes, but we kind of went 25 minutes over our time slot. So I think I'm going to dip right now. But guys, we will see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us and have an amazing day. Have an amazing weekend. Stay safe. Stay positive. Have an orange day. <laughs>